You're listening to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. As you may have heard, we have come up short in our fall fundraiser here at WDET, and not just a little short, a lot short. We are hundreds of dollars, thousands of dollars short on our fundraiser that keeps this station going for the next year. So we need you to participate in keeping this show on the air, keeping all of the programming that you love here at WDET on the air. It takes money to produce a show like Detroit Today. We have two full-time producers. We have an engineer. We have me and all of us spend hours and hours a day getting ready to bring you incisive and interesting contextual conversation about issues that we all really care about. If you really value that, it's time to show how much you value that. It takes money and your participation. So call 800-959-9338 or go to WDET.org and click the big red button with a heart and the word donate at the top of the page. I want to thank those who have already given this hour, Ian and Royal Oak, Pam in Northville, Laura in Ypsilanti, Greg in Mount Clemens, Myrna in Ypsilanti, and Rebecca in Bloomfield Hills. If you have not given already this fall, you should join them. Again, 800-959-9338. Okay, today is Indigenous Peoples Day in many cities and states across the country, and Michigan is the latest to adopt that holiday. Well, sort of. This morning, Governor Whitmer issued a proclamation that today is Indigenous Peoples Day. But is a symbolic gesture now the law of the land? Or do we need the legislature to formally adopt the second Monday in October as Indigenous Peoples Day? My next guest, Senator Jeff Irwin, led the legislative push for an effort to change Columbus Day to Indigenous Peoples Day. He sponsored a bill to recognize this second Monday as Indigenous Peoples Day, and he joins us now to talk about it. Jeff, welcome to Detroit Today. Good morning. Happy Indigenous Peoples Day. So let's start with the news. Governor Whitmer says, I'm just going to proclaim this Indigenous Peoples Day. Does that solve the problem that your bill hopes to solve in the legislature? Well, I think it's great, and I applaud the governor's actions, uh, but I do think that we still need uh, legislative action. We're not always going to have the same governor, for better or for worse, and we need to enshrine a recognition of the very real tribal history here in the state of Michigan in our laws. Uh, so talk about state Senate Bill 568, which is the legislation you've introduced. It's a very simple bill. It would, re, it would name the second uh, Monday in October as Indigenous Peoples Day, and I think it would give our state uh, more of an opportunity and more of an obligation to you know, educate children and ourselves and to celebrate the very real and rich uh, tribal history right here in the state of Michigan. So uh, we've got some cities, Ann Arbor and Ypsilanti, that have adopted this as Indigenous Peoples Day. Here in the city of Detroit, we've got a city council member who is celebrating Indigenous Peoples Day and renaming Detroit to its original uh, Native people's name. Why do we need to make this a statewide issue instead of letting cities do it? Well, there's also been other cities like Petoskey and Adrian who've joined in this. And I think that what's happened is that, look, the intentions of creating Columbus Day uh, were mostly good, right? We wanted to honor our history with immigration. We wanted to honor Italian-Americans. We wanted to celebrate patriotism in our nation. Uh, and, you know, Christopher Columbus was uh, chosen as, as this object. And, and the stories that were built up around Christopher Columbus to serve those interests, as we learn more, we're finding out just aren't true. 
And so I think that given how much we neglect the very real and rich history of Native peoples here in Michigan, given how little we talk about the 10,000 plus years of history of Native people here before European settlers got here, and the rich and interesting uh, history of the intersection between European settlers and tribal uh, nations here in Michigan, we need to tell those stories. And this is just a vehicle. Uh, yes, it's symbolic, but the stories we tell ourselves are important. And this is a vehicle to start telling stories that are more real and more honest to the history, but are also more about us. Of course, Columbus never stepped foot in America. And yet, you know, we've got Ojibwa and you know, Potawatomi tribes here in Michigan that, that, that we're ignoring in many ways. So, so I, I find that when we talk about this issue, a lot of people seem open to the idea that we ought to make sure that we recognize the people who were here before Europeans came, celebrate their existence here on the continent. I, I feel like you lose people sometimes when you say, well, we don't want to celebrate Christopher Columbus. I think that strikes a nerve with some people, even though there are all kinds of things that we've learned about him that aren't true, even though we've downplayed some of the real brutality that is associated with him and the people who followed him. A lot of folks really cling to that idea of Columbus Day as a celebration of America. I, I wonder how you get over that hump even with people in the legislature, to say, well, we, we, we need to be faithful to the truth, uh, and maybe you need to reconsider your version of it. Yeah, well, we need to understand that the stories we tell ourselves are important and powerful and can have a real impact on how we treat each other. And so, you know, we cannot continue to lie to ourselves. And I think that you're absolutely right that this idea that uh, there's a tradition around Christopher Columbus Day, there's a tradition around the stories we've told ourselves about Christopher Columbus, and there is some consternation with the fact that those stories don't square with reality. There's some real frustration that uh, this tradition that was built up for good intentions it really um, starts to rot when you look behind the cover and you start to look at the details of who Christopher Columbus was. So I believe if we want to honor our nation, if we want to be proud of, of what we've done here, we need to act in ways that continue to make ourselves proud and we need to serve our best values as Americans. And honoring Christopher Columbus, I don't think does that. And so this is a conversation that started. I think that it's one that right now, you're right, is raising hackles with people who want to hold on to these stories they were told as children. But I think that as time goes on and as people learn more about the truth of Christopher Columbus and uh, you know what happened with the intersection of European settlers, uh, more and more people are coming around to this idea that Indigenous Peoples Day is a better approach because it is more real and honest. And, you know, frankly, Indigenous Peoples Day does include the tradition of Christopher Columbus. Uh, you know, he's a part of that story. My guest is State Senator Jeff Irwin, a Democrat who represents Michigan's 18th district. He's sponsoring legislation to make the second Monday of October Indigenous Peoples Day instead of Columbus Day. Today, Gretchen, Governor Gretchen Whitmer made a proclamation about Indigenous Peoples Day. Do you think we should have separate days to celebrate both Indigenous people and Columbus, or ought we replace Columbus Day with the idea of celebrating Indigenous people here in the United States? As always, on the phones, the number is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. We'll work you into the conversation. Let's go to Robert in Detroit. Robert, what's on your mind? 
Hi. Um, I just see there's so much divisiveness today, and there's all these provocations from one side or the other. I would much rather see a new day proposed by Republicans and Democrats called Unity Day, where we talk about how when people come together, there are good things and bad things that happen, but we can make things better and talk about all of it. uh, Robert, I appreciate the call and the sentiments. Jeff Irwin, talk about why that's not your approach. You know, I think I think that's wonderful, and I think more more people should talk about coming together under unity. But I also one of the things I like to share with people is that you know when we have a, a, a seat of government and we're sending representatives there to debate the important issues that face our communities, uh, there's going to be disagreements, and those disagreements ought to be passionate, and there ought to be pitched battles over these values and ideas. And I always try to fight for my values and ideals and try to fight for the interests and values of my community in a way that is civil and respectful. But also, uh, you know, when we have disagreements, we need to lay those disagreements bare and and have it out in a civil and respectful way. That's how I think the system is set up. And and that's how I try to represent my community. Uh, Again, Robert, I really appreciate the call and the comments. Uh, Jeff, since I have you here, I want to talk about something else that you're working on marijuana expungement. Now that we have legalized marijuana as a recreational drug here in Michigan, I know we're trying to put the rules together to figure out how that should all work, all the regulations, but there are lots of questions about people who were convicted for marijuana crimes before this happened and what should happen to them. Talk about uh, what you want to see done. Well, I do think that uh, expungement or exoneration for these past crimes is part of the unfinished work of Proposal 1, and the citizens strongly approved that. But unfortunately, that couldn't be baked into the proposal on the front end. And so now the legislature, I think, has an obligation and an opportunity to go back and basically say that if people engage in behavior before Proposal 1 made cannabis legal, uh, let's let's set aside a broad set of that behavior and say that those folks are no longer going to be punished for for those activities. And, you know, we allow uh, expungement for a wide range of crimes now, but we do, I think, need to expand those opportunities. And I think that with especially petty crimes like marijuana use and possession, that sort of uh, crime should be set aside automatically. And we shouldn't force folks to go through the courts and we shouldn't force taxpayers to pay for a lot of process around those especially petty crimes. And is it a question? of the details and how we do these things, or is it a more fundamental question about whether to do these things? Uh, do, you, do you find that there are forces in the legislature who don't think that people who are convicted under the old law should get a clean slate? There are folks who feel that way, you know, particularly folks who are at the highest levels of law enforcement, folks who've built their career on the war on drugs. You know, they sort of have a lock them up and throw away the key attitude. These folks knew what they did when they did was illegal, and so they shouldn't have uh, their record set aside. But I think there is actually a broad bipartisan uh, group of legislators who might disagree about the details, but in general feel as though, uh, look, these are uh, petty crimes. The public has spoken. Let's give folks a clean slate going forward so that they can you know, seek employment and education. And there's no reason to let these petty crimes continue to hold people back. So I think we've got broad agreement on the on, on the general idea. How, do, how does this fit into the larger conversation about criminal justice reform, which I know Governor Whitmer and Lieutenant Governor Garland Gilchrist especially have really have really been focusing on. Is this is this part of this larger effort to rethink 
all of these things. Yeah, absolutely. And while the legislature and the governor are really having a dysfunctional moment around the budget, I, I think one of the things that's going very well, one of the stories that I think is not getting out of Lansing enough is the real bipartisan coalition that's been built up around criminal justice reform. We just passed raise the age bills to get the 17-year-olds out of the adult system. That's been work that's been going on for years. Those bills seem to be on their way to the governor's desk now. Uh, we've got a really strong bipartisan coalition around reforming our system of bail. Uh, I introduced legislation along with Representative Legrand and many, many others, a bipartisan group to end cash bail here in Michigan. And uh, now we have this whole broad discussion around expungement and set aside of records, not just for cannabis, but for other petty offenses like driving without your license. And, uh, um, you know, sometimes individuals would have what we call one bad night is kind of the name we're giving it now, which is where an individual may have a number of offenses that are arising really out of one incident. And that's prevented them because of the number of offenses from seeking expungement in the past. And so these, there's a real moment around criminal justice right now in, in Lansing. Okay, State Senator Jeff Irwin, Democrat who represents Michigan's 18th District. Always great to catch up with you here on Detroit Today. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks for coming in. Okay, that is going to do it for me today. I will be back tomorrow, uh, and I hope you will too. Uh, this is 1019 WDET, Detroit's NPR station, your connection to news music and conversation. And remember, it is time to help us make that goal that we didn't quite get in our fall fundraiser. That is the money that keeps this station operating for the next year. It keeps this show on the air. It keeps all of the other programming that you love here on WDET on the air. If you haven't yet given, now is the time. Thanks to Martha in Ann Arbor, Lori in Gross Point Park, Allison in Ferndale, Darren in Beverly Hills, Elise in White Lake, Carla in Ferndale, Josh in Detroit, Laura in Clawson, Cheryl in Rochester, and Katie in Birmingham. If you want to join them, 800-959-9338 is the number on the phones. You can also go to the WDET.org webpage and click Donate in the big red heart. At the, pot, at the top of the page. I'll be back tomorrow and we'll talk more then. <laughs>